1: It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the fin side. It's it ain't the left, left side for the right Good afternoon, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Cat and Paul and our guest, your boy Q, as we set up the Miami Dolphins versus Las Vegas Raiders matchup here, 3 p.m. on Sunday. Going to be a very intriguing game for both teams for a lot of different reasons, uh, hey, thanks for joining us here today, man, to discuss this matchup.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Miami and, and the Raiders. And of course, uh, the Dolphins got the victory last season in Allegiant Stadium in an empty stadium in probably a fashion that you couldn't believe that they were won that game, but they did. And I'm sure that the Raiders and uh, Raider fans as well probably want a little bit of revenge on that game, but it should be fun. So thanks for having me on the show.
1: You bet. And uh, before we get started here, anything, uh, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on there.
2: Well, I always got a whole lot going on, man. I try to stay as busy as possible. Uh, of course, uh doing the podcast, the Locked On Raiders podcast, of course, on the daily, put that out Monday through Friday. But also Raider Nation Radio 920. I do a show on it from two to four PM Pacific Standard Time. So uh if you want to do a little bit of uh uh you know intel on the team that uh, the Dolphins are about to play, you could always tune in to Raider Nation Radio 920 as well.
1: You bet. Be sure to do that, everybody. Uh They have some great breakdowns over there here and I'll have more for the Raiders Dolphins game. And like you said, too, I mean, last year there was one of the games of the year, especially in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins have the the miracle pass from Fitzpatrick to Mac Collins, kick the field goal after a real back and forth for a few minutes. Now this year they face a square off again in week three. And before we went on the show, we learned that Tua is not going to be playing in this game, probably not going to be playing for a few games. And at quarterback for the Raiders, Derek Carr, after two games, I know it's a 17-game season, but he is on pace for 6,944 passing yards this year. I know it's a 17-game season, but still a great start in the first two games for Derek Carr.
0: Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth-generation and brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with their Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out of this world experience fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscape.com that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscape.com for a clean trinity and beyond your space balls will thank you
2: yeah it really is and you know and Derek Carr has taken his game from what it was last year which was really good in my opinion to uh, another level you know usually the raiders like to butter their bread by way of the ground game And the ground game just hasn't been there yet so far this season. You know, Josh Jacobs has been banged up, didn't play against Pittsburgh. And Baltimore, uh, the first game of the season, really wanted to make sure that he didn't kill them on the ground. So uh, they tried to really slow him down. He still got a couple touchdowns and a couple, you know, about 30, 40 yards or whatever. But it wasn't the Josh Jacobs games that you usually see. So Derek Carr has been the guy throwing the ball around the yard over 80 times. He's thrown the ball in two games. So uh, he's been... Uh, you know, throwing it around to different receivers, getting them involved. Uh, had multiple guys last week that had five plus catches. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 really shown that he has command of this offense, and and he's going to be a force. And, and he's just playing. It looks like he's playing free out there. So uh, it's it's been good to see.
1: You know, I remember 2016 when the Raiders had that great season, and then you know he gets hurt at the end of the year. Matt McGloin comes in, and then it's just you know done with. And then it just seemed like it took a few years for him to get. I'm not going to say back into it, but he's starting to look like the quarterback that went down in 2016 or before he went down in 2016. He he
2: really is. And honestly, so far, and it's a small sample size, he actually, to me, looks better than he did in 2016. You know, I mean, he had the weapons of Mari Cooper, Michael Crabtree. He had a nice run game, but it's just a lot of things went right for the Raiders. A lot of bounces. uh, The ball bounced their way many times. that were kind of, uh, you know, very I don't want to say lucky, but just, I mean, it was just very opportunistic. There was a couple opportunities that they had, and he he had his moments, but I still felt like he left some plays out on the grass. And this year, it looks like he is taking not necessarily what the defense is giving him, but almost what he wants to take and what the Raiders offense wants to take. And that's kind of one of those old Al Davis sayings, you know, hey, we're not going to take what the defense gives us. We're going to take what we want. And you saw that example on Sunday against the Steelers when they got that 61-yard connection to Henry Ruggs. He took that. He took that. Ruggs took that. John Gruden, they wanted that play kind of to be the finisher in that game. And that's absolutely what it was. And that's why you draft a guy like Henry Ruggs with all that speed.
1: Certainly. And the Dolphins are hoping to get that same return with uh, Jalen Waddell here in the next couple yep. of years that that the Raiders saw last week here with Henry Ruggs. Um, so at running back, you know, it's, it's Wednesday afternoon when we're doing this show here. A couple injuries on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we've heard about Derek Carr. He's questionable for this game. Josh Jacobs has been labeled very questionable and also first round pick Alex Leatherwood left the lineup at right tackle this past week at the time we're recording this uh, any update on those and do you have a feeling one way or another if they're going to play this weekend.
2: You know, I, I wouldn't expect to see Alex Leatherwood. Uh, he went out and they said it was an oblique injury. And then John Gruden the next day on Monday said it was a back strain. So not too sure what the exact injury is, but seems like something's going on. So I would expect Brandon Parker to get the start at right tackle, but we haven't got our, our injury reports yet. We'll get them later on today. We'll get them on the rest of the week, but uh, I'm expecting that Brandon Parker is going to get the go and uh, you know, and then of course you have, you know, other guys, Richie Incognito hasn't played at all this year uh, at the at the Left guard position. Is he going to play? Is it going to be John Simpson again? I mean, it's just, you know, that's one of those guys. They labeled him a captain, but he hasn't been able to play yet. So that's unfortunate. 38 years old. He has a, a calf injury coming off an Achilles injury. So that's never good. So we'll see what happens. But those are two major uh, guys and key players on that offensive line that I'm really paying attention to.
1: Yeah. And so Brandon Parker probably going to go up against Emmanuel Ogba. At yeah. that right tackle spot and Parker early third round pick a few years ago, I remember was regarded as a, a, a big time reach for an athlete at that right tackle spot, actually backing up Colton Miller at left tackle and Leatherwood here to start the year. It, not a lot of kind words I've heard on Twitter about about Brandon Parker. Can you tell us a little bit more about him and, and kind of what he brings to the table?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's been a work in progress. Uh, You know, he's been something that uh, a lot of Raider Nation is not excited when they see Brandon Parker go in the game for everything you just said. I mean, he has not been very good. You know, and I'll give him credit. He went into the game at halftime against Pittsburgh and he held his own. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, that's why I'm expecting him to get to start again. Uh, they, they brought in another offensive tackle that they signed off the Giants practice squad. So that kind of also gave me a indication that they need some more depth at that position. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hit or miss with Brandon Parker. But for some reason, the Raiders have stuck with them for a while now. Tom Cable's done a good job getting the guys ready because they just have not been able to have a one cohesive unit like you would have you'd want to have with the one position that you need a cohesive unit which is the offensive line so it's been it's been just kind of like you put one part in you put another part in and you hope that it gels and it's been doing okay and again Derek Carr's done a good job getting rid of the ball and and throwing the ball around the yard but uh Tom Cable's done a good job preparing these guys so uh, I think Brandon Parker's improving but it's still it's it's always I'm never I would be lying to you if I told you oh I got all the confidence in the world that he's going to hold it down he's still always going to be questionable.
1: And somebody who's not questionable is Darren Waller at tight end. I mean, uh, last year, over 1,100 yards receiving. This year already, 15 catches, 170 yards on the season. Uh, gave Eric Rowe a handful last year when the Dolphins and Raiders played. And Waller had, had north of 100 yards in that game, too. And, but I'm starting to look at the Raiders receiving unit here. And it's not just Darren Waller this year, it right. looks like. You know, you've got Ruggs stepping up. Hunter Renfro in the slot. Brian Edwards, uh, you know, really not a factor much last year, but is on the outside. And I've I've heard some TO comparisons. I don't know how legit those are, but uh, yeah, tell us a little bit more about your receiving core there. You know, I like Brian Edwards a lot, and those T.O. conversations started
2: in training camp. Uh, John Gruden had mentioned that, you know, he's got T.O. like qualities, you know, things that he saw from T.O. he sees from Brian Edwards, and of course, everybody ran with that. You know, John Gruden's not trying to say he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's not saying he's Terrell Owens, but he does have some tendencies, and what he means is he's got the size, he's got the strength, and he's got the violent run after the catch, where he'll run through an arm tackle, and you saw that on display on Sunday. Uh, There was a catch that he made. It should have been probably about a three or four yard catch turned into about a 15 yard play. You know, and it's just because he ran through the arm tackle. He's a violent runner, and what I like about Brian Edwards is he catches the ball with his hands. He doesn't let it get to his body. He's got like vice grips, and it's just almost like he sucks that ball out of the air. And it's that's that's the kind of wide receiver I like. That guy that's confident enough to go up and get your get your hands on the ball and make that catch. So he, I think, has become a, a bigger factor in this offense. Derek Carr is comfortable throwing it to him and Henry Ruggs. He said that they worked on it a lot in training camp and practice in the off season. so he trusts them that they'll go get that ball, that 50-50 ball. He thinks that they'll go get that Hunter Renfro. He's just all reliable, man. That guy, he's just he's quality. He's they call him third to Renfro for a reason. He finds a way to get open, make himself available and make the catch. So uh, I like the weapons that Derek Carr has. And clearly with 80 something catch or 80 something passes so far in two weeks, he likes the receivers he has as well.
1: Absolutely. And on the defensive side of the ball, a lot different than what. uh, we expected kind of from the Raiders here this year, at least from what I expected. I mean, yeah, the, the Ravens put up 27 points, but they put up pretty much 27 points on everybody. Right. And then last week, uh, the Raiders win 26 to 17. So they start out with victories against the Ravens on Monday night and a convincing win over the Steelers too. And, you know, it looks a little different on the defensive line this year. I mean, look, look, we know that Cleland Farrell is, you know, is is very disappointing to this point. But if you swapped him and Max Crosby right. um, first and fourth rounders, I, I I think people would think a little bit differently about that. Uh, it, it seems like the Raiders are putting a lot more heat on the quarterback after two games. No, they really are. You know, I think the biggest
2: acquisition in the offseason for the Raiders was their defensive coordinator. I think Gus Bradley was the biggest free agent that they brought in just because he's he's able to get this defense going I for two games in a row now have not been concerned or thought that oh man this defense is about to let this game get out of control. I've felt confident that the defense was going to go out there and make plays, and that's something that I haven't said in a long time. And Gus Bradley, Ron Miles, Richard Smith—they've all done a good job coaching these guys up. And that defensive line, they got—they come in waves. That's what Gus Bradley's been telling us in the media sessions. We're, we want to send guys in waves. We want to have you know a fresh four out there at all times. You know, Unique Ngakwe, Max Crosby be Solomon Thomas he had a couple sacks last week you know they got Jonathan Hankins then they have a guy like Darius Phylon I mean they have guys at the guy Clef Earl he really hasn't been a factor yet this season he's only played in 12 snaps so he's a guy that's been disappointing like you mentioned Carl Nassib he stepped up got a couple sacks week one you know or got a sack and a strip sack and, and really uh basically won the game for the Raiders I mean there's so mm-hmm. many things to like right now about the defense but really between the youth the the veteran leadership and then Really good, competent coaches. This defense is in a good position, and it's allowing the Raiders to play the style that they're playing, where Derek Carr could take shots. Because if they turn the ball over, which of course you never want to turn over, but if you do turn the ball ball over, you feel like you're okay because your defense could still go out there and and stop it and get the ball back to you.
1: Certainly, and uh, names escaping me, the Raiders' defensive coordinator last year. Oh, uh,
2: yeah, it was. It, it escapes everybody. Uh, Paul Gunther. He remember he was a Cincinnati guy, and then he came over and. I think he's in Minnesota now, but yeah, Paul Gunther.
1: Say no more, because uh, the Dolphins had three Bengals defensive coordinators in a row: Vance Joseph, Matt Burke, and Kevin Coyle. They yep. were all terrible, and it doesn't surprise me on that play to Matt Collins last year that they didn't that they called a zone defense in the right. time where you where you don't don't do that at all. And now they get Gus Bradley in there, and just having a competent guy in there and, and better players around him has so far made all the difference in the world here for the Raiders. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I thought with
2: Gus Bradley, the defense was going to be better. I didn't think it was going to be this much better this fast. You know, now I'm not saying it's lights out. They still make mistakes. But, uh, man, to, just to know that they can play complementary football, that's a good thing. You know, and so uh, I feel very confident, like I said, when they're on the field because I do believe that they're going to make plays and get the ball back for the offense.
1: Sure. And even though the Dolphins haven't scored a point in 86 minutes of football, one matchup that we are looking forward to is – the Dolphins getting Will Fuller back to team with Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki there. You know, I looked at this matchup before the season, heading into week three with the Raiders defensive backs. And I thought this is a game that the Dolphins receivers are really going to eat in, but you know, they signed Casey Hayward in free agency. They, you know, it, it, it seems again, like another unit that's, that's kind of overachieved to this point.
2: Well, Casey Hayward's been a very bright spot. Uh, he's been a, ve- a veteran in Gus Bradley's defense for a long time. Uh, so he comes over, he mans one side of the ball, and then Trayvon Mullins in the other spot. And he's doing a really good job. And looks like he's improved. Got an interception last week against Big Ben. Uh, so I, I like those two starting corners. I also like Nate Hobbs, the rookie Nate Hobbs. Uh, he was a fifth round pick out of Illinois. You watch for a number 39 when he gets onto the field. I think he's a difference maker. Now he hasn't done a whole lot yet in the regular season, but he just looks the part. He looks like he's confident. He looks like he knows what he's doing. And I, I like I said, he makes plays. He's just, he's just very football savvy. So uh, that's another guy that I really like. And another dude in the secondary uh, who's playing in a position that's a lot more comfortable for him now is Jonathan Abram. He was playing that deep safety role in Paul Gunther's scheme. He's playing more of that box safety. He's playing that more of that Cam Chancellor role. And that's who he is. Not Cam Chancellor, but he's a guy, a physical guy like that that likes to play up near the line of scrimmage. And that's made a world of difference for this Raiders defense is that he's been there. He's still aggressive. He'll still hit you hard, but he's playing under control because he's not coming from the deep safety. He's up close to the line of scrimmage. So that's another uh, area that I really like, and I like the improvement in the Raiders defense.
1: And they also draft uh, Trayvon Morig there uh, in the second round and looks like he's playing if i'm not mistaken playing that that deep free safety role yep. kind of kind of allowing abram to get yep. down and play that cam chancellor safety slash linebacker role
2: yeah, he is. He's playing the Earl Thomas role, you know, and he's still he's a rookie. He's uh, made a few mistakes. He's got he's going to learn from that. But they have the confidence to put him out there as a starter, day one starter. And he's you know, he's stood up to the test so far. Like I say, he's made a couple mistakes, but he's allowed Jonathan Abram to go play that box safety, which that is been in itself. That's just been a like I said, a, it's like day and night. Uh, the play of Jonathan Abrams. So I I believe he had his best game as a pro last week against Pittsburgh. And I just continue to see Jonathan Abram or think he's going to continue to get better. And a lot of it has to do with Trayvon Merrick playing that deep safety role that, that Earl Thomas, now all he's got to do is start to evolve his game a little bit more and get involved and, uh, you know, get his hand on the ball a couple of times, turn the ball over and then they will be in a good position.
1: Absolutely. And looking at, at the Dolphins receivers against the Raiders DBs, I mean. the top three Raiders cornerbacks being um, uh, Trayvon Mullen at cornerback, the former second-rounder out of Clemson, Casey Hayward, and Nate Hobbs. At least they by by far led the Raiders in snaps last week at the cornerback positions. And then Abram and Trayvon MORG at, at the safety spot. So, really a big change there in the and in, in that defensive back group from from last year. I mean, I I know Damon Arnett struggled a lot, yeah. kind of in that you know just getting a few snaps right now. So, do do you see? You see, those, you see that secondary staying where it is here uh, heading into week three.
2: So. I mean, and, and unless there's an injury. And last week, both Hayward and, Mer- uh, and Trayvon Mullen went out with uh, cramps. They were cramping for a little while. So Arnett came in, made a really good play. And then he made a really bad play. I mean, he's just inconsistent. That's just kind of who he is right now. He's just an inconsistent DB. Um, hopefully, the Raiders are able to coach him up. Hopefully, uh, Ron Miles, the secondary coach, is able to coach him up and kind of get him more comfortable and more consistent. He's got the goods. You can see he's got it in him. He's just got to pull it out on a consistent basis. So that's really what they're working on. And that's why he's running with the twos right now. He's he's a guy that goes in if there's an injury. There's a guy who goes in if you know a guy goes out with cramps or or needs a, a couple snaps off. That's when he is on the field. But uh, for now, he's just in a kind of sit back and learn uh type mode because the Raiders are in a hey, let's sit back and win type mode right now. They're not trying to, to learn on the fly, they're trying to go out there and win games.
1: Certainly. And to to switch uh switch it around a little bit, a question from our chat from uh, Shake Money. Uh, Reggie McKenzie here is in the Dolphins uh, front office, and obviously he, he came from the Raiders, believe was the general manager in 2014 yeah. when they drafted uh, Derek Carr and Khalil Mack and Gabe Jackson in that draft. Any insight that you can, you can give us um, on him from what you saw with the Raiders?
2: You know, I always like Reggie McKenzie. Uh, I think he got a bad a bad rap. I mean, he you know he had his misses in the draft. I think everyone has their misses in the draft. But, I mean, when he got that job as the GM of the Raiders, he was tasked with tearing the team down, correcting the cap space, uh, cleaning everything up that was left a, a mess. Mark Davis just said, hey, I need you to come in here and be the cleanup man. Hired Dennis Allen as the head coach. Now, that wasn't a very good hire, but I don't think he was hiring him to be a very good hire. I think he was hiring him to to man the ship while, while the ship was going down. You know, I mean, it was almost like the, the, the chosen guy to, to take the L, you know, take the fall, the fall guy. So I think Reggie McKenzie was pretty good. Him and John Gruden, they just operated different speeds. You know what I mean like John Gruden is very aggressive he's up early he works late it's football 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 and Reggie McKenzie is a little bit kind of slow methodical just a little bit of chill relaxed he's not really that guy so they I when when Gruden returned in 2018 I knew that that was never going to last uh, just because they're two different guys but that's okay you know I mean that's what happens and now uh, I always wish Reggie the best I think that he has an opportunity there in in Miami uh, whatever his his role is at that capacity and I think he's a smart mind and so I think he'll 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 figure things out and uh he'll continue to do a good job with like i said whatever whatever capacity he's working with
1: certainly great insight there and uh before we get to our predictions here too any other questions that maybe uh raiders fans or or radio show hosts have um for the dolphins fan base that you're kind of wondering about heading into this week
2: no i think the biggest question was just tua or jacoby percent now we all know it's jacoby percent You know, so uh, the Raiders are familiar with both quarterbacks, obviously Uh, played uh, Jacoby Brissett when he was with the Colts and uh, played Tua last year. So uh, now that everyone knows it's Jacoby Brissett, they can start to prepare for him. And uh, yeah, I just I kind of think that the Raiders know who they're getting. They've played against Will Fuller plenty of times when they played the Texans, Um, you know, so I, I think that between I think really honestly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest the biggest area of detail that the Raiders will have to worry about with Miami is Don't turn the ball over because that defense is a damn good defense. It's really sticking good. Obviously, Xavier Howard's a ball hawk. But then you got Byron Jones, who's a a lockdown guy. He doesn't really create turnovers, but he's a lockdown guy.
1: Certainly. And that's going to be a big matchup really on the outside. Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Now, I think that does favor the Dolphins a little bit. But at it really at strong safety, Eric Rowe against Darren Waller that definitely favors the Raiders. And in the slot, Hunter Renfro against probably Nick Needham favors the Raiders a lot in, in, in that matchup, too. So it, if the Dolphins can force Derek Carr to, to go to the outside a little bit more, I think that's going to favor the Dolphins. But they that's that's going to be the thing to watch, otherwise. You can't, you can't leave uh, Eric Rowe against Darren Waller one-on-one. Not because, I mean, Rowe does a great job against tight ends unless it's Kelsey Waller, George Kittle, those top three right. or four guys in the NFL.
2: For sure. I just If I'm telling Derek Carr, giving him any advice, I'm saying keep the ball away from 25.
1: Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, Dolphins one and one Raiders two-and-oh here. Raiders are four-and-a-half-point favorites right now, at least before um, Tua was officially announced out. I don't know if that line changes or not. What is your score prediction for this game? You know,
2: I'm never good at score predictions. The last two games, I've said the Raiders are going to win by three, and they won by six and nine. So, I mean, I guess threes are wild for me. So, uh, I think that they do win this game. I think it's dangerous, though, only because, you know, Miami coming off that that bad loss to the Buffalo uh, that's almost like one of them dogs in the back of the or in the corner of the room. He's gonna fight his way out. My and and I believe in Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. He's not gonna let them be embarrassed two weeks in a row. So I think it's gonna be a close game. There's gonna be a lot of fight there. Uh, I just think that Allegiant Stadium, the crowd, it's gonna be fired up. Last year when Miami went into Allegiant Stadium, it was empty. It was crickets. So I think it'll be a different environment. And of course, Raider Nation is lathered up right now. as they're two and zero on the season. So uh, I'll just. I'm going to go outside of my norm and I'll say that the Raiders are going to win. And I'll say 24, how about 24, 17? How about we roll with 24, 17, which will mean they'll probably win by three. (laughs) You
1: know what I mean? Like that's, that's just my luck. Absolutely. I'm going to say score. I had in mind was 23, 14 Raiders. And you know, I, I agree with you. I think, I think the turnovers are going to be massive in this game more so than, than other games too. And you know, it's, it's, but Jacoby Brissett, a quarterback, if the offensive line doesn't step up, set somebody who tends to hang on to the ball longer. Yeah. That worked when he was with the Colts. Doesn't work with how the Dolphins' offensive line's playing, so I think the Raiders end up winning that turnover battle. I'm going to go 23-14 here, Raiders. Well, see, we're pretty close. We're pretty close to the same score, so there you go. You're more You're optimistic more like than David I am for the Dolphins. So, uh, <laughs> Your boy Q joining us here. Be sure to join him on Twitter and – Every, any other social media outlets that, that he's got going on as well. Where else can we find you again there? Yeah, on, on
2: Twitter is where I'm usually at, at your boy Q254. Uh, it's, that's where I put all my work out, my links to my podcast, guests that I have coming up on the radio show. I, I put everything out on Twitter, at your boy Q254. So that's the easiest way to find me.
1: Sounds great. And that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Raiders sign line. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, as well as our social media outlets, the finfanatic.com website and the Fan Sided Network. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side.